Alrighty, hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Grand Slam Podcast, episode 21. I am your host, Moneymaker Chris, and joined as always by Mr. Jay Giles. Jay, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Happy to be here again for another episode, and of course by the title of this episode, you should know I'm hyped for this episode. Oh, you're definitely hyped for this one, for sure, man, for sure, man. Got a lot of things we're going to discuss here this evening. Uh, you ready to get started? Yes, sir. Oh, cool. Uh, first off, going back a little bit to the last episode where we talked about uh, Cal Ripken breaking uh, Lou Gehrig's streak. Lo and behold, this past week, they showed that game on ESPN. I believe it was Tuesday night. They showed the game, whole game from beginning to end from uh, 95. They played the Angels and everything, and I got a chance to watch it. Did you watch it Tuesday night or no? No, I didn't get a chance to see it. Oh, okay, okay. And this is actually like, so this is the first time I got to actually watch the whole thing on TV. Because when it happened, like I mentioned last episode, I listened to it on the radio, but I didn't actually get to watch it on TV. But it was awesome getting to watch it back. And look at some of the people that was in attendance that night. I mean, you had Bill Clinton there, Earl Weaver, Brooks Robinson, Frank Robinson, you know, Calvin Sr. and his brother was there. Of course, his wife and kids. Joe DiMaggio was there. And it was just unbelievable getting to watch that back and that standing ovation he got lasted about like five minutes or so then he took the lap around the stadium and he had a home run that night as well so it was it was awesome getting to actually relive that whole whole night get to watch it in person for like the first time i thought that was pretty cool they showed that game i mean it's it's still one of those moments you know like we talked about last episode it's one of those moments that i don't think will we'll ever see again probably in our lifetimes i, I don't think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean the way he he really was the iron man of baseball and I, it just nobody it, it was crazy about it he played at a time where you know he wasn't on these like health regiments and this that and the other mm-hmm. he just he just got mm-hmm. up and practiced worked out and just played but nowadays athletes are supposed to be so much bigger faster stronger but they don't mm-hmm. stay as healthy as someone like him. No, no. Like I said, he stayed healthy. You rarely saw him got injured and everything. I mean, he was, you know, it's unbelievable. I mean, to play that many consecutive games, you sure he probably had some aches and pains and gains. Oh, I don't feel like going out there and playing. And he stuck it through for 2,632 consecutive games. That's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. And, and, and what's crazy about it, too, I did see the interview with him, um, with Scott Van Pelt on a sports center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy when they brought up, they say, well, he played that many games. And since he retired, the Baltimore Orioles organization has only played like 2,000 something games more than what he played during that time. That's unbelievable, man. <laughs> when yeah. you think about that, that's that's crazy. Yeah. That is really crazy, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah. And he's on Twitter now. He's got an official Twitter account now. So he's now on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. So he, 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 I guess, I guess he's like the Undertaker now, you know. Mm-hmm. But you said like he's doing like I think for like um foundation and everything. He's helping raise some money for some of the people you know being affected by the coronavirus and everything. He said that's one of the reasons he wanted to get on, you know, have a good cause. So classic Cal Ripken, man, just being a class act, man. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too, like they mentioned too that night when they showed the game, like Cal Ripken had his consecutive game streak. And then the next person in line was Frank Thomas at mm. 230 games. And then, and then they also mentioned, like, the current streak right now is um, this guy named Whit 
Merrifield. He plays for the Royals. He's at 247 games. So it's like, like night and day, like the comparison between the two, like his Calvin streak and then like the people that are like currently now and of course, you know, Frank Thomas at the time too. That's unbelievable, man, when you see those numbers. You know, like like we mentioned in the last episode too, it's it's the Jerry Rice all time yards record. That was, mm-hmm. you know those two those two things will never be broken. Never. No, no, not at all. Oh man, not at all, not at all, man. But yeah, just wanted to mention that real quick. Uh, any other thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I might have to go back and like check out the game. I'm pretty sure I can see it on YouTube or something like that. So I probably yeah, because I I actually. Yeah, cause I, actually, I, I found it on YouTube and was going to actually watch it. And then when I found out that they were showing it, and I said, oh, I'm going to watch it here. But yeah, it's, it's on YouTube if you want to go watch it. Okay. I definitely check it out. Cool, cool. All right. Um, We got a little news early in the week about potential um start of the season. They said they're kind of working out a plan that where the season may possibly. I mean, nothing's set in stone right now, but they're talking about possibly sometime next month uh, starting um starting up the season and they would have it down in Arizona where all the teams would play down there in some of the spring training uh, locations. Of course, with no fans and stuff in attendance. They're talking about possibly not having an umpire and using like a little digital, I guess, whatever thing. I think they've been using that in the minor leagues to like count balls and strikes and everything. So what are your thoughts on this? you think this is something that might actually happen or just all talk right now? Or what are your thoughts on this? Well, well, first of all, I would have to, we we have to blame WWE for this. Yeah, it's all their fault. Well, well, WWE and AEW, but yeah. mainly WWE on this. WWE, yeah. And and the reason why I say it is because of the fact that you know they still having their events with no mm-hmm. crowds and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess with that being said, I guess the other sports is like, hey, well if they're doing it, then so can we. Potentially, um, I don't have a problem so much. Um, like I mean, Arizona. So that I mean, that is one of the few states that doesn't have like a major, you know, outbreak with the coronavirus or anything like that. So if you was gonna hold, you know, the season anywhere with just the teams in one particular location, that wouldn't be such a bad place. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. How is that going to really play? Like, we, I mean, yeah, with WWE, that's the reason why I brought up about the wrestling. Because with wrestling, I mean, watching wrestling, it, it took a it took a little while to get used to the empty arena mm-hmm. um, stuff. But mm-hmm. with baseball, I mean, having an empty arena, that's that's almost like uh, you remember back in the day with the MTV with the Rock and Jock uh, baseball oh, yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. It, it, about that before. Yeah. It, It'll, it'll almost be like that, I feel, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if I want to see a dog go, you know, baseball games with an empty arena. Like, say somebody hit a home run and there's nobody out there to get the nobody ball. Nobody to catch the ball. So, <laughs> like, it's like, what is, like, what, do, like, what is that? But, I mean, at, at some point, they, they're going to have to do something because I, I don't think you can just wash everything away this year. You can't. So you really can. I mean, it would be the first start of something. Like I think because you know, basketball's out too, hockey's out as well. It would be the first kind of sign to get some type of 
sports going again too. They had like a little breakdown here as well. Like if the season started, like if it started say May fifteenth, they play like hundred thirty games. If it started in June on the first, they said hundred and fifteen games. On the fifteenth of June, a hundred games. Uh, July one, eighty five games. July fifteenth, seventy five games. So I don't know, man. Like I say, it's, it's, it gives us a little bit of hope, but I'm still kind of like, eh, I don't know, man. I mean, I still think it, if they do it, I think it might be more like maybe. July, maybe July, August. I don't see it like next week if they do decide to do that. Yeah. So like I said, it'd be. I guess we kind of have to keep up because I know on Sports Center too they was they was talking about some um, kind of idiotic thing of where oh well let's uh, ship all the MLB teams over to Japan and they would play just strictly in Japan or something like that and it's like. That is like what? Like no, they're not gonna no. do that. They're not gonna mm-hmm. do that. Who, I mean, look, it, once again going back to wrestle. Look, I, I don't stay up at four o'clock in the morning, hour time to watch no freaking New Japan. So who the hell would be like, like up at those times looking at uh, Major League Baseball in Japan? This ain't Mister Baseball with Tom Selleck or whatnot. If you remember, no, it's so, really not, right. man. I mean, even people being home and everything, still still staying up that late just be watching baseball games. No, I don't. I don't think so, man. And then the travel stuff with that too. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I definitely don't see that work. It would be make it make more sense for them to kind of you know make space down there in Arizona where they have the spring training to try to travel to Japan and work on travel stuff. I mean, I wouldn't do that. Exactly. That's not that smart. So, I, like I said, that was just some some uh, crazy thing because uh, Tim Kircher, he was talking about it. Because I kind of caught like half of it. I didn't hit, catch the beginning part of it. But that's what they were mm-hmm. talking about. I was like, what kind of crap would that be? Like you would That up- would be a hot mess. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it would be, would be a hot mess, man. Just ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely. Whoever came up with that, they, they weren't thinking too clearly, man. But, yeah, man, it's just something to keep a... Keep an eye out for to see if, you know, when the season is actually going to get started. But like I say, I think maybe if they do start it, I could see them starting maybe like mid-July or something. Something like that. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe. Yeah. Most likely. Cool, cool. Um, any other thoughts on that? No, I mean, just, I guess we just have to, like, play it by ear just to, you know, kind of keep updated on what exactly they plan on doing, so. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. We'll definitely keep you guys posted on like when the season um, we actually get some official news on when the season starts. But um on to the next topic. Uh we started last episode talking about one of the big three from the Atlanta pitching staff. We talked about Greg Maddox. And then today we're gonna finish up today talking about John Smoltz and Tom Blavin. So starting off with uh John Smoltz. He made his major league debut in uh, July twenty third of nineteen ninety three. 1988 for the Atlanta Braves. Made his last appearance September 30th, 2009 for the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm. He has a career record of 213 wins to 155 losses. Career ERA of 3.33. 3,084 strikeouts. And he has 154 saves because he did become a um, closer at a certain point of his career. too. And he played for the Braves. The majority of his career with the Braves. Uh, he played for the Red Sox for a season and the Cardinals for a season. He was an eight-time All-Star, World Series champion. He won the Cy Young in 96. Let's see. He led the uh, NL in strikeouts uh, two seasons in 92 and 96. Led him in wins in 96 and in 2006. 
and he went into the Baseball Hall of Fame in uh, 2015 with 82.9% of the votes. Um, thoughts on John Smoltz, man. Thoughts on his career. Okay, so he has one of probably the most interesting careers of all time, in my opinion. Where, you know, of course he was part of the big three with him, Maddox, and Glavin with the brain. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he was a really dominant pitcher. And like I was talking about earlier before we got started, and I said I was looking at some, some like, highlights of his and uh, Glavin earlier. And when I was watching Smokes, it's it's kind of crazy because you know who he kind of, you know who reminds me of him today? Who? Your guy, Mad Max. Max. Yes. Mad Max. Yes. I can see that. And because he had that same type of fiery way about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now that's the reason why he has kind of been the one whenever they talk about, you know, the Nationals big three versus the Braves mm-hmm. big three. He's the spokesperson in regards to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, plus, he, I mean, he was a sports analyst for a time after he retired, too. Mm-hmm. Um, But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean it was at a certain time where, you know, he ended up having health issues and mm-hmm. you didn't know like if he was ever going to play again and everything. Cause I remember, I remember that time period. And I was like, cause smoke, like I say, the Braves being my favorite team growing up, he was one of my favorite pitchers um, and everything. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like, like a, you know, punch in the stomach really when it's like John smokes, you know, like he's basically have to, you know, retire to an extent um, and everything. Cause they didn't know like if he was going to be able to, you know, play anymore. So right. he, he, he comes back and he comes back as the closer. And because he's mm-hmm. a, you know, he's an ace pitcher, you know, just coming out there just to close the game was almost like a cakewalk in a sense for him. Oh yeah. So, Definitely. but, but I mean, he, he had one of those like story careers because who you can't, you can't write that any better. He has a very good, you know, Hall of Fame career before he gets you know sick and everything mm-hmm. he has to go away for a time he comes back as a relief pitcher and becomes one of the best relievers in the game and everything mm-hmm. you, you really can't even make that stuff up So you really can't and how many pitchers could actually make that transition you go from being a dominant starter your career and then you know you have some injuries some setbacks and you make that transition to being in the bullpen because it's a totally different mindset going in the game as a starter, as compared to coming in, you know, to close out the game in the ninth inning, the eighth or ninth inning, whenever they bring you in. I mean, not, I don't see that many pitchers being able to do that. I mean, you may have some, but I don't see a lot of pitchers having that same kind of mindset, especially in today's game, where they could be able to adapt to the changes. Oh, almost oh, definitely. I mean, especially a, a talent like what he was. I mean, mm-hmm. you probably could get like some. Because like I said, we're just talking about ace pitchers. We're not talking about, you know, mm-hmm. some like a third or fourth uh, in the rotation starter. Who, no, the top know, of the line. Pitchers. Yeah, we're we talking like one of the top tier pitchers of his generation that was forced to become a reliever or, or a, mm-hmm. uh, a closer in a sense. Or whatnot. I, like you say, I don't think there's too many like star pitchers from that time or even now that would be like, you know, they would just basically check their ego at the door and be like, okay, this is what I am now. This is what I can do. 
I, I don't think too many others would would have done that. No, I don't think so. Even like people like I say, you think the people like Max and Strasburg and um, Bumgarner and um, what's the guy named Clayton Kershaw for the um, for the Dodgers. I couldn't see them making that transition. Or um, what's his name, Jason Verlander. I could I, I, as good as talented as they are, I couldn't see them being able to make that that transition. They just go to the bullpen and like really check their ego at the door and really be a dominant closer. I I, I don't see it. No, I don't either. But like I say, he he did it, and he like I say, he was he became a dominant closer. You know, he was so very good in it. He was very good in that role. He was very very good in that role. And a couple other things about him as well. Um, he had a very good record in the postseason. He had a career record of fifteen and four with a two point six seven ERA. Um, he holds the Braves franchise record for strikeouts with three thousand and eleven. Also for um games pitched at seven hundred and eight and let's see let's see there was some of his pitches he was a uh, he threw a fastball slider split finger fastball curve and changeup and they said he began to um use a knuckleball and a screwball as well later on in his career as well mm-hmm. kind of mix up mix up his uh pitching pitching rotation basically yeah. yeah man he was one of the greats man. Um, anything else on Mr. Smoltz? Um, no, not really. No. Okay, cool. So let's move on to the last of the big three. Mr. Tom Glavin made his major league debut on August 17th of 1987 for the Braves. He made his last appearance on August 14th in 2008 for the Braves. Has a career record of 305 wins, 203 losses, a 3.54 ERA, 2,607 strikeouts. He played for the Braves, Mets, and then he came back to the Braves to close out his career in 2008. Ten All-Star appearances, one World Series, two Cy Youngs. He won the he won the MVP for the World Series in '95. And let's see, the Braves retired his number. He went to the Hall of Fame in 2014 with 91.9% of the votes. Thoughts on Mr. Tom Glapp? Okay, so, I mean, because he, of the big three, he's the one that was with the team the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, made his debut in 87 um, and everything. Of course, Smokes came a year later, but mm-hmm. from 87 to 92 Glavin was looked at as the number one. Smokes was number mm-hmm. two but mm-hmm. Glavin was the number one mm-hmm. um, and everything and he just had this way about him where like if you just looked at him you didn't think that he was like imposing or anything but when he pitched he definitely is he was like one of the true definitions in sports of imposing their will on a, mm-hmm. on a team and, and mm-hmm. he really and he really would and I mean that performance that he does in the World Series in 95 there's a, that's the reason why he won you know the MVP because of that performance I mean he just carved up the, that uh, Cleveland Indians offense and we talk about a pretty damn good you know lineup that they had oh, with oh yeah without question man you had a young Manny Ramirez you had Albert Bell you had Kenny Lofton, you had all these other guys, and they was really good. And he just said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna take these boys to school, <laughs> basically, you know. Right, take them to school. 
and that's what he did and he just dominated and like i say he he kind of doesn't get mentioned enough like when you talk about great pitchers you, you of course you talk about your roger clemens and you know mm-hmm. and people like that but for some reason glavin he i felt like he never truly gets his just due even as great as he was and if you didn't see him play you really don't understand like why he should be revered on the same level as some of these other quality you know top flight pitchers of years past but yeah, man, he definitely doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Like I said, they talk about all like the, like I said, the Randy Johnson. They talk about the Clemens and everything. But Glavin, he was right up there, man. And he was a good. And him and Maddox too, too. As good of pitchers as they were, they were pretty decent at the plate too. I mean, you don't think of pitchers being able to really hit. Both of them could. They could get up there and you know get some hits too. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and plus, I mean, plus Glavin was left-handed, so. I, I remember, like, I know, like, growing up for me, and even to somewhat to this day, like, when it comes to, like, sports, I, I never really like left-handed people. Don't ask me why. I just, I just don't. Right? And and even though he was left-handed, I didn't hold that against him because he was on my team, right? Um, mm. But I but I remember growing up, I, I kind of didn't like Randy Johnson because he was left-handed. But uh, even though I do... That's crazy. I, I like Randy Johnson, but at the same time, I didn't like Randy Johnson. But it, it's weird. But he was he was real. Like his, some of his pitches was real filthy, and I think it was he was like that because he was left handed. Because you know, when things are coming from the left or whatnot, it seems odd, especially where everyone is right handed. So mm-hmm. it always look it always looks odd and comes across odd. And so I think that was always like one of his biggest advantages was the fact that he was left-handed. So. Mm-hmm. It definitely was. Do you remember that uh, commercial he was in with Maddox him and him? The <laughs> the long ball commercial? <laughs> yeah, because, uh, uh, what's the name? Heather Locklear is in the commercial. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I pulled it up just right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Six yeah. big the long ball. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and just seeing the two of them, like, acting like two goofs or whatnot, which is, was funny. It showed that they had some personality. They didn't take themselves too, too serious. Exactly, exactly, man. I thought that was a great commercial, man. I love that one. Six, six big long ball. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was a good one. I found this interesting, too. They said he played hockey, and he was actually drafted by the Los Angeles Kings in the 1984 entry draft after scoring 47 goals and had 47 assists in 23 high school games. So he could have been a hockey player, too. Yes. I can see that. I can I can see that because, like I say, he just had that. He has like that type of you know mentality about. It. Even though, like I say, he doesn't look it, mm-hmm. but he has that type of way about him where you know there's there's a fire under there and everything. So, yeah, I can mm-hmm. see. most definitely. All right. So if you had to rank the big three: Glavin, mm-hmm. Smoltz, Maddox. Oh. Uh, uh, <sighs> Who, 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 who are you picking? Okay, all right. Okay, you got to give me some uh, parameters here in, in regards to ranking them. Well, like based off of what exactly? Uh, pitching style and overall career. <sighs> pitching style and overall career. Uh okay. I would have to go. I would have to go Glavin one. 
Okay. Maddox two is smokes three. Ugh. And only yeah. I only put I only put smokes at three is because of the whole Tommy John surgery and yeah. having to become a, a closer. That's mm-hmm. that, that's the only way. Otherwise, it would be him. It would be Glavin smokes Maddox, but because of that, I have put Maddox at two and smokes at three. Smokes at three. Okay, that's probably why I rank him two. I, I think that's that, that's that's pretty fair, man. But like I say, either way, I mean, these are three of the all-time great pitchers. I mean, they all three of them had great careers. I mean, they all brought something different to the table. And like I said, if anybody out there that hasn't had a chance to watch these guys pitch, go to YouTube and search Smoltz, Glavin, and Maddox and watch these guys. Because like I said, if you want to be a pitcher, these are three excellent guys to study their games. If you want to be just a fan of the game, you want to learn more about them, go to YouTube and search them up, man. And the fact, too, that they played together all in their prime for a decade, and they all yes. dominated. Yes. I, I, I don't think I don't think we'll ever really see that again. But even even with the Nationals' big three, I don't. And I think that's one reason why I, I'm always still lean towards the the Braves' big three because I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could be wrong on this, um, or whatnot, but. I just feel like we will never see again what Glavin, Smokes, and Maddox at the same time, all in the prime of their careers, mm-hmm. you know, on one team together, dominate mm-hmm. the game like that again. I, yeah, I don't I, think I, I so too. And I, and I and I and I love my three. I love um, Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin and everything, and they got great. Smoltz, Glavin, and Maddox, those those three were special, man. Like I said, that, that was a once that was a once in a lifetime experience getting to grow up and watching those guys do what they did out there on the mat. And, and it's a shame they didn't win more. They didn't win more World Series. They won one World Series. That that's that's the thing that gets me with that pitching rotation. They won listen, they, one okay. World Series. So they they won one World Series, but they won fourteen um division titles. Division titles. That's that's so. the thing. So that's that's unbelievable. So I mean, unbelievable, and and, and they went to the World Series. I think like five, five or six times during that time frame. So yeah, they did. So they got they were they were getting there. They just they just weren't winning. They yeah. won that one in ninety five, and that was it. They were winning the division title. They were getting there. They get to the playoffs, and they were supposed to win it in in ninety six, but they they fumbled that up real bad against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. But, Very true, man. But uh, I got some uh, a little history, uh, a little trivia for you that you probably did not know about. Oh, okay, go for it, man. I'm here for it. I didn't, I didn't learn this until I watched the documentary about them. That mm-hmm. they, the Braves, almost pulled off the deal of the century. They mm-hmm. almost got freaking Barry Bonds to join that team. Really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine Barry, Barry Bonds in that lineup with Chipper Jones and Andre Jones and Dave Hall? And the, oh, man. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it almost happened. I won't tell you like what exactly, how would that, like, so you have to watch the documentary for that. But, yeah, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to definitely, I'm going to know that. I'm going to definitely go back and check that out. But, wow. Yeah, this is, this is, this is, you know, he was still with the uh, Pittsburgh um, Pirates and everything. And, you know, before he left them and yeah, he 
almost went to the break. So could you imagine? You got these three aces, and then you have mm-hmm. that lineup with him. <sighs> that would have that might would have pushed them over the edge in some of them World Series that they had lost. They would have definitely if they definitely if they had Barry Bonds in that lineup, they would have definitely won more than one World Series. And without question. And I don't think Barry does what he does later in his career because he's feeling like he's being disrespected by not being True. on the same level as Maguire and Sosa. I don't think mm-hmm. he do I don't think he do that. Mm-hmm. That's that's a fair point as well. That's a fair point. So Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I gotta check this documentary out, man. This this sounds like this was this was good. I enjoyed I enjoyed watching those Braves teams too. I remember, you know, TBS watching those games, the Braves. They had some like very good teams, so I'll definitely have to go check that out. So, so think about this. So think about this. So think about this. T- freaking Ted Turner. It needs to be like an ESPN 30 for 30 on Ted Turner. Because how yes. is it that this man had the freaking Atlanta Braves? He owned TV, TNT and TBS because they both turned the broadcast. Um, mm-hmm. And he owned WCW all at the same freaking time. That's unbelievable. That's another thing. You won't see anybody doing something like that. All at the speed. You won't. Yeah. That's a 30 for 30 in the making right there. (laughs) It really is. Let's see. You got your own TV network. You you got one of the most popular baseball teams in history in a decade span. You have Mm -hmm. the number one slash two wrestling promotion (laughs) in, in the world. All at the same mm-hmm. freaking time. All at the same time. I see you having one or two, but all three? Come on now. So, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Wow, that's amazing, man. That's that's <laughs> truly amazing. When you, when, you, when you think about it, man, that, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Man, man. So anything else on uh, Glavin Smoke? Anything else on the big three? Anything else? No, now all it's making me want to do now because I actually ended up buying a MLB The Show 20. So now it's just making me want to play that. And who knows, maybe I'll create my own uh, little franchise or something. I don't know. So. Oh, yeah. How, how, you, how, you, like, how you liking the game? So well, no, how, how well, you liking it? well, I haven't started it yet. I just, I just got it yet. Oh, I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. Oh, okay. So. Okay, okay. I've been playing. I've, I've been enjoying it. I love doing the home run derby on there. But yeah, I've, I've been so far so good, man. You'll, you'll definitely have some fun playing that. Cool, cool, cool. And one last thing before we wrap up here. Um, I caught this the other day. Uh, Big Poppy made some comments about uh, our young superstar for the Nationals, uh, Juan Soto. He basically said, as a guy who played baseball professionally for 20 years, that confidence this kid has at 21 years old, I got that confidence at about 28 years old. He's seven years ahead of me. Hmm. I think that's a big, big compliment. Uh, Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I mean, he, well, think about it. Like, like, uh, Ortiz said, he, he didn't really become, you know, a dominant player until he got with the Red Sox. True, true. So uh, he would know a little bit better than, you know, whatnot. And I mean, you've always talked up uh, Juan Soto. And mm-hmm. so, like I say, that's coming from a Hall of Fame player saying this about somebody that young and he just, mm-hmm. I mean, what he got about what twenty something years, you know, a career ahead of him. So mm-hmm. the sky's the limit for him. 
sky's the limit for sure. That's one one thing that made the Bryce Hoffman move, you know, not hurt as bad because I knew we had this kid. This kid came up there at 19 years old. And you definitely could see there was something different about him. He had this confidence at the plate and everything. He didn't seem, you know, scared or intimidated and everything. He's got a lot of power and everything. The, the sky, as long as he stays healthy, man, the sky's the limit. And it has a compliment like that from David Ortiz. That's an ultimate compliment, man. Because hopefully he stays on the right path, man. Cool. So that's all I got. Anything else you want to discuss? Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, we just like I said, just have to keep a lookout for whenever we actually get a official start date for uh, MLB. Yeah, definitely. We've been, I think we've done pretty good the last couple of episodes, being you know creative, coming up with some stuff to talk to baseball wise for the people and keep the keep the show going still. Yeah. Uh. So. Uh. I. I do want to kind of throw this at you about potential topic for next uh next episode okay what is it? which i mean you know i really don't like talking about this bad news bears team that i have down here um but for the purpose of this show and maybe to get a rant or three out of me um so <laughs> 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 maybe we could discuss the florida marlins and how they fumbled after not one but two World Series victories. Just talk about like those seasons and those teams, and then what they did the next year to basically destroy the team. I like it done. That is the next episode in two weeks. We will talk about the fumble of the <laughs> But you gonna be okay. You gonna be okay to discuss this. You okay? Yeah, I'll be okay to discuss. Like I said, I just I, I'm just gonna like I said, I go to rent or three or five maybe. Um, <laughs> you know, just to talk because look, that's a that's a ESPN thirty for thirty in itself too. How they oh yeah fumbled that team up yeah. twice. Exactly. There you go. That's that's the next show. That's what we'll be discussing on the next episode. So stay tuned, guys. We got our topic. <laughs> that's gonna be a fun one, man. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So that's all I got here. Another great episode, man. Uh anything you'd like to plug before we get up out of here? Uh yeah. So uh episode one fifty seven for movie talk. Um I'll be talking about one of my favorite movie directors. Um, talking about one George A. Romero and just kind of doing a um, like an overview of his entire career, uh, whatnot. Uh, of course, he's most famous for his um, you know Living Dead series, you know the zombie films or whatnot, and just how the social commentary played in those movies. And oh no, I just probably I might tie it into like what's kind of going on in the world today in a way because he was that type of director who kind of you know kind of did a lot of social commentary in those movies. So that's kind of one reason why I decided to talk about him in this next episode. So you can definitely check that episode out when it is uploaded here uh, over the weekend. Matter of fact. Cool. Sounds good. And as far as I'm concerned, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at moneymaker, Chris, as well as Instagram, DC sports fan, 23, Check out my blog on medium.com slash at Broken Moneymaker, as well as my Facebook page for my writing, the cash-in, talking all things sports, wrestling, pop culture related, also football and friends for all my football news and discussions. 
Also, check out my online shop, storefrontier.com slash writer315. Got t-shirts, hoodies on there. Also, teesprings.com slash store slash slash store slash moneymaker Chris. I got products on there as well. And that's all for me. All right, Jay, last words, man. Last words to wrap up this episode. Uh, fun episode, always good, kind of going back uh, memory lane. And like I said, I'm liking these kind of revisiting, you know, stuff in the past with baseball um, and everything. Looking forward to when the season finally starts, but I'm enjoying these episodes as well. Yeah, me too, man. That's definitely still giving you guys something to listen to. Just hope everybody out there takes care, takes care and just continues to be safe. And next episode, we'll be talking about the Florida Marlins, man. I look forward to that. <laughs> That's going to be a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty to discuss. All right, guys. Like I said, be safe, take care, and we'll see you in two weeks.